Hi, guys. Welcome to Keeping It Normal with Emily. So it's it happened. I made a podcast. I've been talking about doing this forever. I have no skills at this. I have no experience at this. This is like looking like, oh my gosh, look at our cute little studio. I'm literally in a corner of my basement. We turned off the heat to our house so that it wouldn't pick up background noise. And I'm sure you can hear my children upstairs, like running around, sounding like elephants, just running across floorboards upstairs. Um, if you have, if you're listening to this, it's probably because you are following me on social media, probably TikTok. And I made a video saying, please come listen to my podcast and you are wonderful and lovely. And so you did, but in the off chance that you're not already following me on social media, I'm going to introduce myself, which I know can be boring, but I'll make it really brief just to kind of give you an idea of my vibe and see if we vibe together. So my name is Emily. I'm almost 31. So I'm considering myself in my thirties. I'm in my thirties. I live close enough to Chicago that I just say Chicagoland area, even though I know people in Chicago would probably get mad at me saying that, but I live in Illinois, close-ish to Chicago. I am a stay-at-home mom of two kids. I have a four-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son, and I also do content creation as like a hobby slash job slash fun thing I do. It's really, in my mind, it's still a hobby, um, but we've taken it to new levels now. So what I do on my social media platforms is I talk about normalizing normal. I show my messy house. I show my mom bod, which, and why I hate that term and my stretch marks. And I talk about how parenting has been like someone just drop kicked me in the face and it's nothing like I thought it was going to be. And what my goal really is to be is talk about those parts of life that people aren't talking about and are really sugarcoating in my opinion. Um, and I kind of just want to be that source and I don't know where this is going to lead. And I wish I could say, you can expect all of these guests and all these, I have no idea. As of now, I came down here, I sat in front of the camera, I set up the microphone, I put on the headphones and I am just talking and it's Super Bowl Sunday when I'm recording this. So I'm just trying to, to start. I feel like you just have to sometimes just jump all in and it could totally flop and go nowhere. Or this amazing community could be built and we could have a place of safety. That's what I really aim to be is that place where uh, moms and not just moms though, but um, anybody really can come and say, oh, that made me feel so much better. And I feel like sometimes that all that's all it takes is someone saying, yeah, my house is a wreck or like, yeah, I cried about that too. Or yeah, that really upset me. And just, you feel seen. So that's my goal. I know I can hear my children. Can you, <laughs> it's real here. It's not, I don't want you to expect this amazingly professional, like I'm sure I'll get better and better, but it's just, I'm just a, a girl. I'm just a gal sitting in her basement talking about life. <laughs> it's just, that's what I'm doing. So, um, also to expect, I am a mom of young kids. So a lot of this is going to be talking about motherhood. Um, I don't want that to be the sole focus though, because that's not all of my life. It is a big chapter of my life, a big section. And I think, I think it's important to talk about motherhood with like a realistic lens, in my opinion, because I just don't 
see it a lot. And I think the more and more people talk about it, the better that's going to be for everyone that is in motherhood or parenthood or wanting to maybe enter that zone one day to like actually know what to expect. So that's going to be kind of um, this first episode is just an introduction honestly, kind of whatever pops in my head and we'll go from there and we'll have guests hopefully. And, um, I'm just, I'm really excited about this. I think it's going to be really fun. I have a little ask Emily segment. So if you're following me on my Instagram, I asked if anyone wanted maybe advice or, um, had a question that they wanted my take on, um, which again, I'm going to make this so ultra clear. I I'm an expert in nothing, but I do have Google. And that is something I live by. <laughs> I I don't. I don't have fancy degrees. I have been a parent for four years. So could I give you advice on how to raise a teenager? Absolutely not. Could I give you some like maybe helpful tips about like newborns? Yeah, I've done it twice. I have like a little bit of experience under my belt. Um, I don't pretend to know what I do not know. And I'm not afraid to ask questions. I'm not afraid to say I have no idea, but let me Google that. So let's just like take whatever I say with a grain of salt and, and, you know, take from it what you will. But I'm just putting that disclaimer out there. So I kind of want to get into how normalizing being normal started. I recently started writing for Scary Mommy magazine online and kind of delved into it a little bit there. Um, I posted an article, but really it was how motherhood kind of kicked me right in the face. Um, (laughs) I was, oh, I was, you know, that bitch. Let me tell you, my first pregnancy with my four-year-old, I never threw up. I lost weight. I know. I know. I lost weight while I was pregnant. I was so active. I was just, I was that, I had the glow. I had the, my birth, both my births, I will say were pretty easy on me, but that first birth, it was just like, boom, pushed her out in 10 minutes, this beautiful eight pound plump baby. She was so healthy. And we had like a bout of where she like screamed for months of her life, but we figured it out. (laughs) She breastfed and she was this, you know, she was sleeping from like 11 to seven day three. I mean, it was just really this, like, I've got this. I was made for this. I have always wanted to be a mom. And so when this experience happened the way it was, it was like, wow, this is like, I was meant to have seven children. Like I am really great at this and like life often does. It humbled me so hard, so fast. Um, yeah, I then was like, well, yeah, let's, let's keep popping out these babies because I've, I know what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm really good at this. And I got pregnant with my son, Bubba, we call him. And, uh, it was not the same. He like separated my abs and I had to wear like the belly belts. And I was like, uh, consuming so much fast food and gained quite a bit of weight. And it was COVID. We went into lockdown like several months into my pregnancy. And it was so much unknown at that time. There were people saying like, you couldn't give birth. You were giving birth by yourself or you were separated from your baby. If you had COVID, it was all of this so much unknown. It was so scary. So I, I stayed home and that's so bad for my mental health. I always say I'm the stay at home mom who hates staying at home. I was always on the go. Like, let's go see a family member. Let's go to a museum. Let's go to a park. Let's go, 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 go. 
And now I was like, no, you're stuck at home. You are pregnant. Your two-year-old has stopped napping. And my mental health just went to shit. It was terrible. I felt terrible. And I was filled with so many emotions, which I need to get into like a whole tangent about the complexity of the emotional spectrum that motherhood is that I was so not prepared for, but we'll delve into that another time. But I was feeling all of this, you know, grief of losing my time with my oldest and how am I going to balance two kids and all the way, like I'm, I'm having, you know, panic attacks on the floor for the first time in my life. Like so much was happening. And then I gave birth and it was an intent. It was an easy transition in terms of the kids aspect. Like I feel like some people struggle with how to care for both kids or the elder kid is kind of jealous and acts out a lot. Like that part was really smooth. Like we adjusted really well. It was everything else that was blown up. That was a hot mess. It was, um, my house was, and is to this day, by the way, just explosion. It was dishes always in the sink. And I had always been so on top of things. And it was more stuff because with every kid comes more stuff and bigger strollers. And now you have more, you know, all of the things. And it was, you know, a lot, it was so much. And we live in a larger house now, but in the house we were living at the time, it was so tiny, 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 tiny house. And so there was no storage. And um, I remember specifically the moment where I was like, wow, I really am not good at this. I always prided myself. Like I was like, I'm such a good mom. Like you can't tell me shit. Like I know I'm an amazing mother. And then, um, yeah, I, I remember scrolling. It was like the two kids were asleep. I had a minute to myself and I was like, let's check out TikTok. And I was new to the TikTok world. I had been kind of making silly videos that were like quarantine themed. I feel like a lot, that was kind of the time where a lot of people joined TikTok was 2020 because we, what else were we doing? <laughs> so I remember scrolling and seeing, it was like this, the most immaculate, huge house, marble countertops. And it was like a mom baking cookies with her daughter and they were like, you know, perfect hairstyle and the aprons. And it's like the slow motion, like, you know, and they're making cookies and like gently sliding them into the oven. Do you hear water running? I feel like someone flushed a toilet. <laughs> and, um, so ignore all the sounds behind the curtain. But, um, uh, so I'm looking at this immaculate house and this beautiful, like fit woman. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm looking around at this difference. The difference was <laughs> like astounding. I'm looking around and it's like, my kids have like, like one's wearing a diaper on her head and running through the house screaming. And I'm like tossing an Oreo, Oreo into her mouth as she runs by. And I've got, you know, a huge pile of laundry in the corner and the dishes are piling up and there's toys everywhere. And I'm like looking down at myself and I'm like, you know, my boobs are hitting the floor and my stomach is squishy and I'm wearing a robe with spit up on it. And I'm just like, oh my, like what happened to me and why that's what motherhood is, right? What I'm seeing and why doesn't my life look like that? Like I, man, my life sucks. Like that looks like success. That looks beautiful and wonderful and whimsical. And, um, and so kind of as a joke for my own 
mental sanity. And, and just on a whim, I kind of walked around my house and started making videos of my house in its all its glory. Um, I remember, um, I mean, anything and everything, the, the crib that my kids have never slept in was now a storage unit. Um, <laughs> pillows on the side of my bed in case my toddler rolled off again and um uh food with three bites taken out of it sitting on my countertop because you know my toddler had begged and cried for that apple and then took three bites and just just kind of the realities of my situation which is like my house is a mess my life is a mess I'm a mess and I'm like okay with it like wait maybe it isn't so bad and I have to see it as not bad and I have um one creator that definitely helps me, her name is Casey Davis, and she is um, Struggle Care on uh, Instagram, and she's Domestic Blisters on um, TikTok. And I really hope maybe she'll be on the show one day because she really put ideas into my head, such as your house is there to serve you and um, that mess is not a moral failure. And I really just was like, whoa, you're right. Like, it's not, I'm not a bad person because I'm messy. Like, I, I always say to this day, like, if the worst thing I am in this life is messy, that's not so bad. <laughs> I feel like I could be a lot worse things, a lot, I could do a lot worse than just being messy. So, and then I really had to like, be like, okay, you're a good person. Like, I am a good wife. I am a good mom. And it doesn't equal, like, I'm not a bad mom if the house is a mess or wife. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Um, that has nothing to do with the meaning of those relationships and what I bring to the table for those relationships. And um, so it really resonated with a lot of people, millions of people, and thousands of comments and messages of just saying, oh, my gosh, thank you, because it's uh, it's something that people will shame you for or that you feel shame for and that somehow you have failed if your house is a mess or that you're lazy, which is so wild to me. Like I am so hardworking. I work so hard at all the things I do and my house is a mess 99% of the time. I just don't think they equate. Um, it's really not taking any kind of mental health or neurodivergency or anything. Is neurodivergency a word? I'm an expert, nothing, but I do have Google. Hold on. Pause. <laughs> Neurodivergency. Neurodivergent. I don't think that's a word. Do you see what I mean? Okay. Um, it doesn't really take into account if you're neurodivergent or any of that. It's just, um, you know, it's just something that people unfortunately have been grown up being told that you're lazy if your house is a mess, you're a slob, you know, that's gross. And I just don't think that way anymore. Um, it's really easy for me to walk away from a mess um, and go do something fun. I do that all the time. And usually it helps me come back and be able to tackle the mess, if I'm being honest. Like if I am taking time to fill my cup in ways that actually fill my cup, because having a clean house does not fill my cup whatsoever. It's just something I need to do to keep my house at a functional level, which that is my goal <laughs> is just have it being functional. Um, it's just not something 
that fills my cup. So I actually, it's better for my brain and my mental health to go out and like take the kids to the park or the zoo and do something fun and then come back and clean because then I am like, oh, that has filled up my cup. I'm in a good mental space. Let's tackle these dishes. Um, so I just want you to know that, that if you're out there and you're looking around your house and it's just not as beautiful as you're seeing on social media and you're thinking yours is worse because of it, that I hope I can help you change that mindset because I really have changed mine. Um, it's really hard not to compare ourselves to what we see on social media, which that is going to be a big topic of this podcast as well is social media and its effects on us and the damages it can do and how you really have to take what you're seeing with a grain of salt. So like one thing that really helped me is trying to answer the question of, is it possible? Is it possible for me to have what that person has? And is it really better? Right? Because we've, you know, it's definitely like painted very deeply in society that you're like more successful. If you have more money, you have a nice things, you are more successful. And that I think for a lot of us, like in our brain, even if we know it not to be true, we think that means I'll be happier, which we know is not true, right? Like some of the most miserable people have the most lavish lives and some of the happiest people don't have much at all. So we know in our brains that is true, but it's really hard when every day we are hit with a curated highlight reel of someone's life. I like to think of social media as like the iceberg effect, you know, like the visual of you're looking at an iceberg and you're only seeing the tip, which is 10% and then 90% is underwater. I feel like social media really is that iceberg and, but we're basing our like feelings of worth on it or feelings about our bodies on it, you know? So you see, um, <laughs> you see the family picture at Disney and the husband and wife are smiling and the kids are smiling and they're holding the balloons in the front of the castle. And you're sitting there and you're like, Oh my gosh, like, why can't we be happy? Like the Smiths over there, they're going to Disney world. Look how happy they look. And they're so beautiful when really like Mr. And Mrs. Smith were just screaming at each other and the kids were just crying and they were like, we'll just shut up and take this balloon. And oh my gosh, you know, I'm so stressed, but okay. Smile cheese. And you see that picture, but you don't see all that other 90% because no one talks about that 90%. They want to just talk about the happy and the perfect. And so they put that out there and then you're shocked when five years down the road, Mr. and Mrs. Smith get divorced and you're like, no, they seem so happy. <laughs> um, and I know this is true because I recently did take my children to Disney world for one day and it was filled with parents just bickering at each other. My husband and I were bickering with each other because when you go on vacation with your children, it is so stressful and it is just parenting in a different location with and it's harder. Like you don't have the comforts of home. So it was literally, I was just cracking up because I just heard all of these parents just like bickering with each other and the stress, you could just feel the stress because it's a lot, it's a lot, <laughs> but no one talks about that. All they want to see is the Mickey mouse photo and how they had, Oh my gosh, we had such a wonderful time with the kids and magic was created, which is true. A lot of magic was created when I was there, but there were also like tons of stressful moments of parenting and trying to navigate 
that on vacation for the first time. And I don't think that's a, it's not bad to say that. And I feel like when you say that, even some of you listening to this are going to go, oh, thank God. <laughs> my my husband and I find a vacation too. I just think like, it's just, a, a, it's just a thing that's not talked about kind of thing. When, you know, you're bickering at each other because your kid won't stop screaming and it's like 80 degrees and you, you have to go run to this line to get on the ride for the fast pass. And if you don't make it there in half an hour, it's gone. But no one wants to talk about that. They just want to show the picture, which is fine. The picture is beautiful. But I do think it's helpful to talk about that other side too, so that other people know it exists. Because what happens that can be dangerous is you think it doesn't exist. And you start saying, well, this stuff is happening in my life. Like, look at her beautiful, immaculate kitchen. Mine is gross and it's messy and I suck because I can't keep it that clean when it's probably not true. You know, that person that has the immaculate kitchen probably has like a major junk room in the back of their house filled with stuff. You know what I mean? Like they're just not going to show that. Um, another one that I, that really helped me was the morning routines. Oh my, my gosh, those killed me watching. And they still sometimes kill me. I'm like, why can't I do that? <laughs> It'll be a woman so attractive and beautiful and like perfect hair and styled and like rolling out of bed, which you know is always funny because you know that person had to go and set up the camera, get back in bed, pretend to be asleep and then wake up again. <laughs> like, and you know that in your brain, but so, you know, they wake up and they go straight to the, they're, I'm like, where are your kids when this is happening? They go to their kitchen and they pull out, you know, their organic pressed green juice and their beautiful protein powder in their perfect storage organized pantry and they're going and they're like they go to the gym they're sitting in saunas okay and you see that and you're like oh my gosh like i haven't worked out in two years my idea of like breakfast is like i grab like the scraps of my child's pop tart and shove them in my face and you know i'm so exhausted and so i really like almost mechanically sit down and i'm like okay could you even realistically do what that person is doing that you're seeing, you know, because I'm like, do you have children that sleep through the night every night where you are able to get adequate enough rest to wake up at 5am? For me, the answer is no. I still, I'm up all throughout the night with my kids. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. They sleep in bed with me and they wake up throughout the night. The blanket falls off or they're thirsty or they have to pee or they just are wake up randomly. I don't know. But at four and two, I, I don't, I can't remember the last time I actually slept all the way through the night without waking up briefly at least once. Right. So that right there, waking up at 5am, it's not realistic for me. <laughs> um, after that, the biggest one that gets me is when they just leave the house. I'm like, so that means they have childcare in place or a partner home. So if you have a partner that needs to get up very early in the morning to get ready for work, you can't just leave them with your children while they're, you know what I'm saying? So you have to have that in place or you have to have a gym with childcare, which is pricey. You, um, you know, you have to be able to afford those juices and those supplements and, and all the things. So when I set it up like that, I'm like, it's not even realistic for me to be in the realm of like possibility to do what that person is doing. 
And then I also had to remind myself that because someone has more resources than me does not mean that they are better than me. And it does not mean that my life is worse. It just means they have more resources, you know? So I really had to look at it like that and look at it like, okay, so what can I do with the time I have and the resources that I have? Um, and it's simple as that. And I stopped really what really helped me is stop comparing, which is so hard to do. And I still catch myself doing it. And I have to be like, what was my latest one? Oh, it was the, there was this TikTok of this. She was so stunning. This beautiful woman, thin in like just the best clothes, knows how to dress herself. Um, just like a Mac, just beautiful. And she's walking like in slow motion with these heels, like next to these pyramids or these ruins and this like music is playing. And I was like, Oh, like, wouldn't that be amazing? Like, wouldn't that, like, I want to do that. And then I like quickly brought myself back down and I'm like, do you want to do that? Like you've never wanted to see pyramids or ruins. <laughs> like you've had no desire to do that. Um, and do you like, I guess if you do cool, but I had to really be like, what is so different about that? Like, why is that better in my brain than driving an hour away to a new park I've never been and seeing like some cool rocks and trees that I've never seen before? So I've really like trained my brain, I think, to see the most mundane as the most epic. And let me tell you, life is so enjoyable that way. When you can really look for the magic and see things as epic and see them as like the coolest thing you've ever seen. I'm talking like you see like the tiniest flower in a field amongst gravel and you think it's like the most beautiful piece of art. I'm telling you that is how my brain works. And maybe that sounds like, like a hippie or something. I don't know, but I know that every day my life is like flipping magical and I'm not even kidding. Like when I see that flower or I feel rain or, you know, listen to a cool song and I'm just like, wow, this is, this is so amazing. Like this is life. This is epic. Um, in my mind, I'm like, that is just as cool as like traveling and going and walking by those pyramids. Like it's, it's just as cool. It's just different. You know what I mean? So you really have to try your hardest, which I know because I still struggle with it to not compare yourself to what you see on social media because you're never getting the full picture. And so that leads me to what I want to do. I want to give you the full picture here. I want to talk about real things and real emotions and real aspects of parenthood that are scary and hard and were not what I expected. And hopefully have guests on here that can bring you new insights into their life and what has helped them. And I want to talk about, you know, my body and how much it's changed and how that's been a struggle and all of it involving, you know, social media and how we can, I hope, change kind of what social media is, which I know is a big task, but I can only try. But all of this is to say, I just want to normalize being normal. I want to normalize having normal feelings about things and average houses with paint chipping and crooked floors and how that is really quite beautiful and how it should be celebrated and how you're not failing if your house is a mess or you're not a size two or you haven't traveled the world and how you're still an amazing person 
and how those things don't correlate, you know, it doesn't equate to you being a better or worse person. So that's my goal. And was this <laughs> podcast probably all over the place? Yes. Yes, probably was. And I don't even know how long episodes are going to be or anything or where this will take us. We're winging this together, people. So buckle up. Um, I do want to do for kind of the final little bit of the show uh, is to t the show. Who the f Emily, who do you think you are? Take that back right now. Um, <laughs> for the final little bit, I am going to be putting weekly on my Instagram story. So follow me there. So at the end of the show, I'm going to be putting in my Instagram stories every week. People can submit questions or topics that they want me to discuss. Um, so we're going to be doing that. So that is going to be like the end of this little show. We're going to delve into this, a little ask Emily moment. Is that cringy? Perhaps. Um, so I did ask, uh, kind of what people wanted me to talk about and one thing, okay, this is a good one. So this person wants to know tips for avoiding doom scrolling and executive dysfunction issues. So doom scrolling, uh, is kind of, you sit down and like, you're there, you are just going to scroll and scroll and scroll. And before you know it, hours have gone by and that thing you wanted to get done is not going to get done. And you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So, uh, tips for avoiding that, honestly, and I will get in periods where I am really addicted to my phone. It's really hard to put down because it has everything on it. And especially now that I have a job that involves emails and creating content and responding to comments and stuff like that, that's all in one place. And then also I want to just, you know, for enjoyment and for picture, taking pictures of my kids and all of that is just in one place. So it's really easy to just be on your phone constantly because you're always doing something that you need your phone for because it's the hub where everything exists. So I literally bought a lockbox for my phone. Yeah. I bought one off Amazon and it is a lock, a safe that I put my phone in and close it and say, you know, three hours and it locks. Like you cannot, you can answer a phone call if it's an emergency, but it locks your phone away. I, if, in times where I'm really struggling to stay off my phone, that is what I do. Um, I also try to replace it. So, because sometimes I feel like too, like you just, you're looking for something to do. You don't know what to do. And so you go on your phone. So I've started replacing that feeling with something I really love doing, which for me this year was reading. So I really like reading a book. So anytime I'm feeling like antsy, like, oh, I need to be doing something. I just start reading instead of being on the phone. Um, so that's my tip is to either physically restrict yourself from your phone or um, set up, like, I know some people do no phone zones, like, okay, from nine to 11 AM, I'm just not going to touch my phone or replace that feeling with something else. So reading or taking a walk or something that's going to be healthier than just sitting and doom scrolling, but also know that it happens and you don't have to feel ashamed of it. And it's really hard. It is hard, um, to escape from that. Sometimes I've been there. 
Um, and then executive dysfunction issues, which I believe is, uh, remember, I'm an expert, expert, nothing, but I do have Google. Uh, I believe that is kind of when you are, you just basically don't know how to get started. Like you have these tasks that need to be done and it's almost like paralyzing. You don't know where to start. Um, I get that way with cleaning a lot and I've started just doing like one step at a time and almost have like a system in place, like a schedule for cleaning, but not an actual schedule, but it's like, Hey, the kitchen needs to be clean. Okay. So every time I clean the kitchen, I do the same thing in the same order. And I start with dishes and I, you know, I empty the dishwasher, fill the dishwasher, wash whatever's left. And then I wipe down all the counters and then I sweep the floors. And it's like, every time I clean the kitchen, I just do these steps. And once you kind of know like, Oh, to clean the kitchen, I have to do these steps. It makes it easier to do that first step. I also try to play music or listen to something to kind of like a, a podcast. Hello, listen to me. Or um, watch a show or something while I'm doing it. FaceTime a friend, something to keep my brain moving too, and just kind of take it step by step. Um, and that's, that's my advice is to just figure out what works for you and your brain and then use that to your advantage. Um, but also know that that's a very real thing. And th that happened the other day. I just was like, so overwhelmed by everything going on. I didn't, I was almost paralyzed and I didn't know where to start. And so I left my house. I left everything as it is. I went and I think I got a Starbucks, came home. And after that break and kind of escaping, I got out of my, you know, surroundings and changed them. And then I came back and then I was like, okay, I need to clean the kitchen. Let me start on these steps. And that really works for me. So my advice is just figure out different ways and whatever works for you, implement that way, uh, implement that into a system that is going to help you. Um, and that's my advice. But also I just don't want you to feel bad because it's such a normal thing that happens to so many of us and nothing's like wrong with you. Um, and you just need to, like I said, figure out what best works for you. So that would be my advice. Um, but yeah, so I just want to thank you guys. Um, uh, make sure that you're following me on Instagram so that you can be participating in that and asking questions or asking for advice on things. And I think I'm going to call it a wrap. Um, I have no idea what goes next. I edit this. I don't know. This is the video version of this. If you're listening to this with audio and you'd like to see me talking and see my face, um, is going to be on YouTube. So once a week episodes with video on YouTube, and that's just how we're going to start this. What's going to be next? <laughs> Only time will tell because I have no idea, but I'm just excited. I'm excited to hopefully be a place that you can come and listen to every week and feel good about and honestly just feel like you're chatting with a friend. So uh, this is Keeping It Normal with Emily and I will see you next time.